Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. And while you're on the website, click on the link for the new Corvette Today merchandise store. There you can purchase Corvette Today hats, t-shirts, jackets, koozies, coffee cups, mouse pads, and much more. You can also sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We now have over 3,000 members in the group, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. And I'm also excited to tell you about the new YouTube channel for Corvette Today. Be sure and check out your favorite Corvette Today podcast now on YouTube. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, Corvette Fever Magazine. Corvette Fever has been relaunched with an online and printed version. The online version has incredible interactivity with hidden photos and information, and the printed version is like nothing you've ever seen before, huge and glossy. Get your free online version at CorvetteFeverMag.com. You can also sign up for the printed version there as well. Corvette Fever Magazine, come along for the ride. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. Also, a shout-out to CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. It's time to get the latest Corvette news and headlines with my buddy Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. As you know, Keith is a regular guest on Corvette Today. He's here twice per month, every other week, to keep you up to date on what's going on with America's sports car. Keith, welcome back to the show. Buddy, this is a monumentous podcast because this is the marking of our one-year anniversary for the news and headlines podcasts. Well, thanks again for having me, Steve. Like you said, a year ago, we thought we were going to do these about once a month or so, but there's just too much Corvette news out there, and we kind of revamped that on the fly, but it's been a lot of fun. It's amazing now that we're back at shows, how many people come up and say, we listen to the podcast every other week. They tell you how they listen to it, whether they're on their way to work or on a lunch break. We're glad you're out there. We're going to have another year ahead of us with, again, some great Corvette news and some fun stuff to talk about. So appreciate it, Steve. Also, we're joined today by Jeremy Wellborn. As you probably remember, Jeremy is the president of the Southwest Oklahoma Corvette Club, and he was podcast number one. Jeremy is with us today, and Jeremy's going to talk with us more about the National Corvette Museum's anniversary event, Keith, because you and he attended that event. Absolutely. Always good to see Jeremy. He is a Corvette blogger contributor as well, and just brings a wealth of knowledge and contacts to what we do here. So, Jeremy, glad to have you on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here with you and look for today's uh, podcast. Keith, let's get right into it. Let's talk about C8 Corvette production and get an update there. Yeah, well, it looks like we're really winding down the 2021s. I believe we're about 25,783 Corvettes produced so far. 
we got a total now from General Motors at the NCM's 27th anniversary celebration over the weekend. So we know what the end count is. So we've got about 433 cars to go, which means that I believe we'll be starting production on those on Thursday. I initially said Wednesday in a blog post that we did, but I, I do believe it is Thursday now. That sounds good. And also you've got production stats on the 2021 C8 as well. Exactly. Yeah, we're looking at a total of 26,216 as provided by Harlan at the NCM anniversary celebration. It's pretty cool. We're seeing the convertibles at 42% right now. That's amazing. Harlan actually made a comment that he might even see that going up in the future. I think once Z06 comes out, I believe there'll probably be a lot of people buying the Z06 coupes again, which might lower that number initially. We haven't had convertible numbers like that since the 60s. Everybody I talk to now that has had a coupe, they want to move to the convertible, it seems like. Not quite everybody, but I mean, there's just so much interest in the convertible. It's got to be the hard top, the way it goes up and down, and then there's no sacrifice in storage or anything like that. It's an amazing number. Some of the other things that come out is we have the colors. The top color is torch red followed by Arctic White and Red Mist, which was surprising to us. Black is number four. The rarest colors for the 2021 are Zeus Bronze at 509, Accelerate Yellow at 839, and then the third color is the Shadow Gray, which was a discontinued number, and that one did a little over 1,100. We'll have that full breakout here coming up this week, but it's very exciting just to get these numbers and see exactly where everything's coming in. And we also had some good news, Keith. Bowling Green Assembly Plant is not going to shut down due to a chip shortage, even though the majority of the GM plants will be shuttered for about two weeks. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that news came out just at the end of last week. Again, we're fortunate they are prioritizing the Corvette. We're one of just four plants that will be open during these weeks. I believe the other ones are the Arlington Assembly in Texas, where they build uh, SUVs. We also have the Flint Assembly, where the pickup trucks are built, and then a portion of the Lansing Grand River Assembly in Michigan, which is where the Cadillac Blackwing cars are built. So definitely prioritizing the higher ticket items, but also these are all the vehicles that are currently heavily in demand right now. So again, we're just glad that they see the value of having Corvette owners getting their cars. We know that owners would be freaked out over another shutdown. We've been 13 weeks without any shutdowns. Right. There's only been six weeks total of shutdowns during the 2021 model year. So we're very thankful for that. And the other tidbit we got on these shutdowns is from this year that they were all parts related or part shortages. It wasn't due to any COVID outbreaks or anything like that. Kai does say that the manpower issues at the plant are always something that they're working on. In fact, I believe he said that they had over 20 cases this week of COVID at the plant. So it is a constant battle, but they seem to be working through it. We're very happy to know that the Corvettes are still coming off the line every day. Absolutely right. Also, Corvette ranked highest in class with the 2021 J.D. Power Initial Quality Study. That's more good news. Yeah, these are initial quality. So this is something that when Corvette owners get their cars, they report back on these surveys of the kind of issues that they have. We did real well. We beat out Porsche and Lexus to get that segment win there. And we were just one of two cars from General Motors to get that. The other one was a Cadillac. So we're very happy to hear about that. Again, it's just another feather in Corvette's cap that they're doing well with this. That's fantastic news. I'm so glad to hear about that. And also more good news, Auto Trader shows that 
that the C8 Stingray is consistently selling above MSRP, which is good for the seller, not necessarily as good for the buyer. Yeah, you know, this is one of those stories where we get the question sometimes, is this really news? Because we know that when you have the hottest selling car and the fastest selling car, people are willing to pay more for it. So we do see Auto Trader does track both new cars and pre-owned cars, and they are definitely seeing the Corvette selling for more than MSRPs. It wasn't the highest car on the list, which I guess is a good thing, but it definitely made the top 20 there. That's awesome news. And also, you and Jeremy got to meet the brand new president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum at the anniversary event. Why don't you guys talk about her for just a minute? Absolutely. We've been dying for leadership at the presidential level, the CEO level since the last hire. For us, we really need somebody there that's dynamic. We sometimes have car people. We've sometimes had people with experience in museums and hospitality. With Sharon, she brings both of those. She grew up in a car family. She was working in shops back in the day when she was young. She said her first paycheck came working in her dad's garage, being under the creepers, nice. doing all kinds of work on cars. She recently came from from 20 years at the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum, where she dramatically increased revenue. So she brings a lot of gravitas to that position. And then again, she is just a very dynamic person to talk to. We had the chance to catch up with her after her introduction to the membership. I think people were pretty much amazed. Jeremy, what did you think of her? Yeah, I mean, I was incredibly impressed with her and her presentation of her past and what she's going to bring to the museum as a result of her track record. Her expansion of the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2014 through 2019 revenue grew 42%. So I think she's going to bring some great business strategies to the museum that will help it grow and increase revenue, which will allow us to do more things there at the museum. But she's a personable person and also owns a 2019 Grand Sport. Very nice. And we're talking about Sharon Bronner, who has now been introduced as the new president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. And finally, guys, Callaway introduced the launch edition C8 at Corvettes at Carlisle. I got to see that up close and personal. Man, what a good-looking car. Yeah, you know, as a launch edition, they still can't get engine control unit to make any changes like that to do any custom tuning. So they're focusing on some of the stuff that they do know. They were a little cryptic on some of those engine changes that might be coming up, but they do have some of the signature Callaway updates, which includes aerodynamics, the double D exhaust, which we just love, the choice of wheel options there. A lot of the Callaway touches. There's some really cool stuff. They have this big wing on the back that is inspired by the C7 GT3 car that's campaigned over in Germany. There's a lot of those little updates to it. We've got some video coming up this week that'll show a full walk around of the car. One of the really neat things is that with that big wing on the back, they had to really update the hatch and the struts that go up. So when they open up that hatch, that back engine compartment, that thing raises on its own now, which is a really neat feature. And again, unlike the ZR1s that had that huge wing, you know, where you had to reach around from the sides, that thing is on the back deck. So when it raises up, you have full access to the trunk area. A really exciting car. We're very happy for Callaway that they're back in the Corvette game for the C8. Absolutely right. Well, Keith, Jeremy, let's take our first break and when we get back, we'll talk about racing and rumors on Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25 and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com. The internet Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E finders.com. 
Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me every other week is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com, and we have a special guest with us this week. Jeremy Wellborn is here. Jeremy was our first podcast. He's also the president of the Southwest Oklahoma Corvette Club, and he's a regular contributor on CorvetteBlogger.com. In this second section, we're going to talk about Corvette racing and also rumors about Corvette. Keith, Corvette racing at Laguna Seca. It's a big deal, isn't it? Yes, the first race back since Le Mans. We always enjoy the racing at Laguna Seca. It's one of the more challenging tracks and one of the more fun tracks that they're at. The number three Corvette has a stranglehold pretty much on the championship lead right now. But boy, we'd sure like to see the number four Corvette start to press them a little bit and get competitive. They just have seemed to have a series of bad luck, just one little thing going wrong in a race that causes them to finish second or third. So we're really hoping to see them step up. The other thing that we heard, too, from Harlan at the NCM, and we're not supposed to talk about this, but we hear <laughs> that Taj might be out there. We haven't seen Taj in a couple of years. He was not at Carlisle, nor was he at the NCM. But Harlan did allude that he might be out at Laguna Seca. So I know they usually do a Corvette racing dinner out there. I haven't seen anything if they're still on track or might be paired back a little bit but hopefully he'll be prowling the corvette corral and uh, you'll be able to get to talk to him very nice i hope so too yeah we did miss him at the anniversary event and corvettes at carlisle so hopefully he will make laguna seca yeah and that race though is also going to be shown live i know the last couple of races seem to have been tape delayed but that is a sunday race at 4 p.m eastern time excellent that's good to know i'm looking forward to seeing that that's such a great racetrack anyway and i love to see the cars doing the laguna seca circuit so it'll be good to see that live for sure. Also, Jordan Taylor is going to be on a podcast called Dale Jr. And this is supposed to be a pretty big deal. And it's a really good interview, isn't it? Well, because I've been away, I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and really give this a listen to. But I had several Corvette racing fans at the NCM say, Keith, you have got to listen to this. And we understand that there's going to be a video component. So as soon as that we know that there's video out there, we'll definitely get that posted. But yeah, Jordan Taylor, he goes and visits with Dale Jr. One of the really cool segments is Jordan raced with a number three Intimidator inspired helmet at Le Mans. Right. And so he had that with him when he visited Dale. And in fact, he gave it to him as a gift afterward. A really neat story there, but we are excited. I want to definitely get into that hour and a half interview. I hear it's just chock full of fun stories. 
Jordan's got a little bit of a wacky personality anyways and a sense of humor that is second to none in racing, I think. So excited to see that. And again, if we get that video, we'll definitely have that posted. And what a classy thing for Jordan to do, to give that helmet to Dale Jr. in honor of his father. Yeah. That had to be a touching moment. Because when he thought about doing it, he actually texted Dale Jr. And I believe it was during a NASCAR race. Dale's like, yeah, man, that's a great idea. Go for it. And so he got the sign off to do that. It was a pretty cool helmet with the good wrench on there and the number three. Glad to see that's going to go back to Dale Jr. And it'll be something that he'll be able to hang on to himself. Also, Laura Clouser gave us an update on the ACO and the GT3 Pro Class at Le Mans. What was the result of that? This is the story that makes us so cringy because we've been waiting for what the direction is going to be for not only Corvette racing, but Cadillac racing. We always thought that the Cadillac should go prototype. That's what they're known for over the last few years. The Corvette is a GT racer and its fans want to see the car that wins on Sunday that they can buy on Monday. That's the old saw about that. But now with the ACO's recent decision that sounds like that they're going to get rid of manufacturers racing in GT, everything's up in the air right now and then the ACO has further exasperated it by saying well we'll have a final decision at the end of the year so now we're going to lose another four or five months while we're waiting for them to come up with what exactly is going to happen so not only does that affect the Corvette racing team it also affects Cadillac which one will go LMDH some of the other manufacturers that we've raced against in GT like Porsche and BMW are all going LMDH hmm. they don't really care if they're locked out of that or not because they already have GT3 programs for their customers and that's always been one of the biggest drawbacks for the Corvette racing team racing GT3 cars because they don't want to race their customers that's why they want a separate pro class as opposed to a mixed class of amateur and pro drivers and then a private team it's a real cluster in terms of how this is coming about I'm not so positive that we're going to see Corvette racing at Le Mans after 2023 I know that's really sad but you know hopefully everything will fall into place we'll see what happens in our rumor section Keith, this is interesting. Retired Corvette test driver Jim Miro thinks that the C8Z06 could do a sub-seven-minute Nürburgring lap. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, no one has more experience in Corvettes at the Nürburgring than Jim Miro. I mean, obviously, you've done a couple podcasts with him, so I would definitely go back and listen to those. There's still a whole lot of speculation about what we're going to see out of the output of the car. People are thinking that, obviously, if the C7 did 650 horsepower, 650 foot-pounds of torque, that the C8 should be more than that. But there's more to it than that. There's the different configuration. There's the DCT that all plays into it. We've always just heard rumors that it is a naturally aspirated car, somewhere around 620, 625 horsepower. We'll find all that out on October 26th when it's revealed. But Jim Merrow says that he believes that it could actually do a sub-seven-minute lap around the Nürburgring. If anybody would have a real good idea about that, it would be him, although he's, he's never driven the mid-engine car over there. That's why it's in the kind of the rumor section right now. I'd love to get Jim Miro in a C8 Corvette and have him on the Nürburgring. I think if anybody could do that lap, that would be Jim, don't you think? It'd be close, yeah. He actually talks about a couple other people. We know that Oliver Gavin helped with the C8 Stingray while doing the Nürburgring lap over there. But there's also another Corvette ride and handling engineer named Bill Wise, which he thinks would do well. Bill drove the Camaro ZL11LE to a 716 at the Nürburgring a few years ago. So Jim is more than confident that Bill would also have the capacity to do a lap like that in the, in the C8 Z06. 
And also, we had a lot of video of the Z06 already at the Nürburgring. It seems like it has kind of like a short first gear. What's going on with that? Again, these are some of the secrets that we're going to all find out on October 26th. But with these cars, those DCTs, if you can wind it up a little bit faster, short shift a little bit quicker, you can get into those power bands a lot faster. We had this video of a car just leaving like the little driveway as it was getting onto a highway. And yeah, it sounded like a very short shift. And then as it accelerated, we heard it wind out a little bit and there was some popping of the exhaust. It's all pretty exciting. Everything's just kind of a rumor right now until October 26th. Well, I'm looking forward to October 26th. That's for darn sure, buddy. All right. And also our final rumor is about the E-Ray. So the C8 E-Ray had a mystery button. There was a picture taken of that car and they saw a button on there that couldn't be identified, but it looks like we now know exactly what that button is. Why don't you explain that to everybody? I haven't had an opportunity to cover this like I wanted to. These are spy photos that we did not have access to. So obviously I don't share other people's spy photos, but one of them showed this button that is on the side console. So if you're sitting there and your right knee is leaning up against that center console, there's a button right there. And it turns out that it looks like it's a button that was also on the Chevy Bolt, the Bolt EV and the Bolt EUV, which is identified as the regen on demand. So it sounds like the regenerative braking technology is something that's going to be coming on the E-Ray. This essentially captures the braking energy to recharge the batteries. We've been speculating about E-Ray. We've seen the cars with the plugs coming out of the bodywork, and there's been a lot of talk about that. But this button is really the canary in the coal mine, I think, right now that really tells us that an E-Ray is coming, and it's pretty exciting if that does happen. Absolutely right. Well, buddy, let's take our final break, and when we come back, we'll do the lighter side of Corvette, and Jeremy and Keith will cover the National Corvette Anniversary Event, and Keith and I will talk about Corvettes at Carlisle on Corvette Today. American Hydrocarbon, your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. We've served customers in over 28 countries all around the world. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. Our products have been featured in VET and Corvette magazines, so give us a call. 813-476-5638. That's 813-476-5638. Visit our website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. You're listening to the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me every other week is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. Keith and I keep you up to date on what's going on with America's sports car. Also with us today is Jeremy Wellborn. Jeremy is the Southwest Oklahoma Corvette Club president, and he was our very first podcast with Corvette Today in April of 2020. And he's a regular contributor on CorvetteBlogger.com. In this third and final segment, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette. First, Keith and I are going to talk about and review Corvettes at Carlisle. First of all, Corvettes at Carlisle is the largest Corvette event in the country, and it was my first time being at Carlisle. I actually did two seminars on the Corvette Today podcast. 
Carlisle was the only show that happened last year, and it was under some restrictions because of COVID. But things were back to normal this year. We almost had 3,000 cars. So what would that be? Maybe 5,000 people, 6,000 people? Yeah, we actually heard that it was closer to 5,000 cars. Oh, my gosh. 5,000 Corvettes registered. It was a great event. It was our first big show in two years. We obviously didn't make it up there last year. The feeling, the excitement was back. I think that was the most exciting thing. But you as a first-timer, I'd like to hear your opinion of it. Buddy, I thought it was amazing. You know, you drive in, and there's a solid axle line of C1s there, and that's so cool. That's so reminiscent. That gives you just a real feel-good kind of feel. But then it was all the C4 Grand Sports, the skunks. How many did they have there? Did you get a final count? I heard that it was around 46 or 47. That was amazing. I got pictures of that because it was so darn cool. And then John Heinrichsey, who was in a podcast about two weeks ago, he has the number one C4 Grand Sport, and that was there. It was so cool to see that. Yeah, and the really neat story is that he actually gifted that car. He gifted it to Maureen and Rich Walker. Rich is in poor health. We're all praying for him. Maureen has been one of the stalwarts at the Grand Sport Registry, along with John Hutch. Right. Couldn't think of a better person to take care of that car. And we're just praying for Rich. But those Grand Sports, when they're all lined up and you see that stripe just going car after car after car, it is an amazing sight. That's one of the things about Carlisle is that they have the ability to pull off displays like that. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, there were Corvettes as far as the eye could see, and they had the swap meet. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't been to Carlisle, make the trip. I actually flew from Kansas City out to Harrisburg and then drove down to Carlisle, and you drive in on the grounds, it immediately made me miss my car. It's like, I should have driven my Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are clubs everywhere, Corvettes everywhere. There's the big hill, and they had a great big flag, and I think that was for the first time. But you could drive your car up the hill and get your Corvette taken with a picture of this flag that was, gosh, it was the side of a building almost. It was so cool. Right. You know, and again, one of the big draws of Corvettes at Carlisle is the Corvette engineering team. I think they had about 20 to 25 personnel from the team there. So they had displays. They were doing their own seminars. Harland and Josh Holder did some walk-arounds of the C8R edition, the IMSA GTLM special edition that's out for 2022. We got to see all three new colors there that was really neat, as well as the low-profile spoiler was there in body color under the tent. But those that go to Carlisle know that when GM team members bring in the captured test fleet cars, they're not allowed to show those so they're just parked in the back when you go back there we crawl around them we found an amplify orange car back there as well as two or three cars that had the low profile in the carbon flash color again just opportunities to see all the stuff that's new for 2021 i know the corvette engineering team this was their first show in about two years so they were very excited to be back as well and i'll tell you what if you want something for your corvette whether it's a c1 or a c8 all sorts of vendors. You can get an exhaust installed. You can get new wheels. You can get anything you want, even at the swap meet. And the swap meet was hot as well. So it was a lot of fun. I had a great first time at Carlisle, and I'll definitely go back. And maybe Lance Miller will have me back and do a seminar again about the Corvette Today podcast. Well, I'm sure he'd love to. But yeah, for those people that have never been to Corvettes at Carlisle, once you go one time, you really see what it's all about. You'll definitely want to return. Now let's turn to the National Corvette Museum anniversary event. I know as president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, our National Corvette Museum ambassador says that this is his favorite event of the whole year. And you and Jeremy went to this one. Talk about that anniversary event. 
Well, again, this is just an opportunity to get up and close with the Corvette engineering team. They had representatives there. It was a smaller turnout. I believe they had a little over 500 registered people and then whatever the walk-ins was. But because it's at the Corvette Museum, you don't have all the walking you have to do like at Carlisle to see everything. It's all condensed right there. I think the biggest news to come out was obviously the introduction of Sharon Browner as the new president and CEO. Just glad to hear from her. But we did hear some seminars with Harlan went through the numbers on the 2021s, plant director Kai Spandy and Chuck Valentini, the paint shop manager, really gave an in-depth seminar on the paint shop. And there's going to be some video coming out there. They actually have some exclusive stuff that's coming out that has never been seen before. In fact, they were talking about how they had to scrub it so none of their competitors could really see some of the interesting things that they're doing. Wow. I know Jeremy also sat through a Jordan Lee seminar. Jordan Lee is the chief engineer of the small block. And, you know, obviously with the LT2 being out, very interested to hear. Now, Jeremy, I missed that one. I was outside. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was a great seminar. And we learned a lot about the improvements of the LT2 over the LT1 engine. He talked about the LT2 manifold improvements and also the exhaust system and the fact that the engine had to be changed and updated, of course, because they wanted a lower center of gravity. So it's 25 millimeters lower to the ground than the LT1. Wow. And it's the lowest engine that Corvette's ever had in a Corvette. So it was a great seminar. He also, towards the end of his seminar, he was talking about the LT6R is what he referred to it as in the C8R. And so kind of lends some credence to the Z06 potentially having a designated LT6 engine in it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's big news. I don't think we've really had any official confirmation that the engine will be called the LT6, but it totally makes sense. We've been yelling about this for a year now that homologation requires Corvette racing to have that engine in a production car, and it looks like the Z06 is it. You know, Steve, I really hated missing Corvettes at Carlisle, and I'm really glad that you got to go and be a part of that, because once you've been, you're a snake bit. You know, you've got to go back. But I wasn't able to go. I was excited about seeing the new colors, just kind of see them in person on a car, see what they look like. Of course, I'd seen the panels at the bash back in April. But going to the anniversary event allowed me to see those cars up personal and with the colors. And it was interesting because, you know, at Corvettes of Carlisle, particularly the caffeine metallic, was under a tent. Right. And most of the time people couldn't see it in the sunlight. Well, at the museum, it was positioned so that you could see it in the sunlight. And when that sun came out, people flocked around the car. It's very polarizing color. Yes. It's getting a lot of attention, so to speak, in negative ways as well as positive ways. But it's an amazing metallic because it has the highest content of metallic that they've ever put in a Corvette paint, and the four colors in it are burgundy, red, gold, and blue. Wow. When you walk up, there's a picture I took where I I walked up on the car, and I was just blown away by the fact that, okay, this front part of the fender looked burgundy, and then the the back part of the fender looked brown because of the angle of the sunlight. So anyway, it's kind of an interesting color, but seeing the colors, you know, there wasn't anybody around Amplify Orange hardly at all. I mean, it was like, yeah, I said I do prefer my Sebring Orange over it, but I mean, some people are going to like that. You know, it kind of goes along with rapid blue and uh, accelerate yellow as far as kind of that pastel type without any metallic in it, but I really like hypersonic gray. I think that's going to be a fantastic, and I think that's going to look incredibly good on a Z06, which I hope to order. That's nice. Yeah, the hypersonic gray was one that we got a lot of questions on. How did it look at different angles? And we caught it in the sun as well. It's a great color. It's going to look great on the IMSA GTLM edition again. We're hearing that that color might be around for a couple of years. I think it looks great as well. 
Anything else to add on the National Corvette Museum anniversary event, guys? Yeah, one of the big seminars was the 24 at 20, which was the Corvette Racing Seminar with Doug Feehan, Gary Claudio, and Andy Pilgrim. And they talked about the 20th anniversary of the Corvette's win, overall win, at the 2001 Rolex 24 at Daytona. And of course, they ran two cars, and one of those cars, the car that came in second, actually, featured Dale Earnhardt, Dale Jr., along with Andy Pilgrim and Kelly Collins. But it's an amazing seminar. The NCM is supposedly going to have video of this out, hopefully sometime this week. But if you're a Corvette racing fan, that's one you're not going to miss. There's a couple parts in there where both Andy and Doug get a little choked up just talking about it. Of course, Doug, one of his things that he says about that is Dale Earnhardt's last checkered flag came in a Corvette. We always think about what could have happened had he not passed away two weeks later during the NASCAR race at Daytona. They were talking about doing a team, taking it to Le Mans, and he was very excited about that. And also, um, Andy and him just really seemed to hit it off. The fact that that relationship was cut short was also very poignant. So hopefully we'll have that seminar out soon. Well, that's really cool. I didn't know that Dale Earnhardt, last checkered flag, was in a Corvette. So that's very, very cool. Also, Mark Royce had shared pictures from the Nürburgring of the garages where the 2023 Z06s were, and there were six of them. That was a great picture. Yeah, we knew that the manufacturing timetable over there, they had two weeks to test. And so this came at the end of the two weeks. And here's what he posted. He said, what an amazing week. So proud of this team. Those who know what these are and where this is at, well, you know. Z comes to life, and then he hashtags furious. So it is the picture of the Chevrolet garage at the Nürburgring. It's a spotless floor. There's all the lifts in there. We identified five of these cars as being the base and the Z07 editions, but there was the sixth car in there that kind of threw us for a loop. It was a wide body, but it had the exhaust mounted on the corners, which may or may not have been the E-Ray. Pretty neat accomplishment. One of the stories to come out of this is that they were getting ready to do a timed lap at the very end. They actually had a film crew out there and everything. So we think that they were going to do another version of the mid-engine revolution documentary and showcase this run. Unfortunately, there was a wreck prior to the Corvette getting out there. There was actually two wrecks. BMW and the Tesla Plaid had crashed. And so they had to close it down to repair barriers. We never got a run. We know that there was a Cadillac there. CT5 Blackwing got a run, but the Corvettes were kind of left out. So we're hoping that the next time we're out there, we can definitely get in a run not that we'll know what that time is and they tend to keep that pretty close to the vest mark is the proud papa october 26th is when all this is coming in and i believe we're about 50 days or so out right i can see the newspaper headlines already keith snake bitten again at the ring exactly <laughs> hey if you're a speed freak and a horsepower freak these next two stories are right down your alley extreme turbo systems shattered the c8 world record they ran a 9.05 at 159 miles per hour and i think that's the fastest ever isn't it it is yeah so it was a year ago they were the first car they had a ets turbo kit and they were the first car to break the nine-second barrier at 9.95 seconds. And then, of course, with Amelia Hartford and her car, Phoenix, came in and actually ended up with the most horsepower record. And then her time, I think she got down to 9.36. And then all of a sudden, they said, this just kind of came out. They said it was filmed on a cell phone in vertical, so it wasn't even a great video. And they just said it was a customer's car. It was kind of an accident. It wasn't planned, but they got the time slip. It shows a 9.05 at 159. 
59.53. That's a new world record. These teams are just so close to cracking that eight-second barrier. It's pretty amazing. That's really cool. And not to be outdone, Amelia Hartford got her C8 dyno at 1,400 horsepower. Wow. Again, I've been away. I haven't seen this one either. I just caught the headline of it. We know that they got the new Dodson clutches in, and that was one of the big limiting factors to break 1,100 horsepower or higher. There's been a couple different cars, I think three or so, that have all had 1,000 horsepower dyno runs. But boy, they just really shattered it at 1,400. So I guess the next thing they're going to do is take that car to the track. These records were made to fall, and you like horsepower, and you like that kind of excitement. These are fun times for Corvette fans. Absolutely right. Well, Keith, thanks for being on Corvette today. Happy anniversary again. This is our one-year anniversary of the News and Headlines podcast. And Jeremy, thank you for being here as well. Yeah, glad to be here, and thanks for the invitation. And congratulations on one year with Keith Cornett. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jeremy. It's fun to be here. We get to talk about Corvette News and the greatest car in the world. It's our dream job. I tell people we're basically unemployable these days just because we sit at home all day and talk about America's <laughs> favorite sports car. So <laughs> keep it up. It's great fun. And again, happy anniversary to you, Steve. And we'll keep waving. So if we see you out there. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today. And please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And thanks to our flagship sponsors, American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com and True Wealth and Company at RetireWithTrue.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at DJ at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.